Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Mark Williams, and I'm the senior minister here at Naples UCC. Welcome to all who are gathered in person, and welcome also to those who are connecting with us online, especially the community at Bentley Village. Welcome. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your Minister for Congregational Care. We are thrilled to have you on this third Sunday of Advent. And a special welcome to our members who will be joining us in just a few minutes, the newest members of our congregation. And if you are new or visiting with us or it's one of your first times worshiping with us, we also want to extend a special welcome to you. We are really thrilled to have you and hope that you feel warmly welcomed here. Um, In the church's gathering place, which is the courtyard that you walked through to come in. Um, Chelsea Godwin will be there after worship. She's our coordinator of membership and stewardship, and she can answer any questions you may have, and she would love to meet you. So if you're a newcomer, please um, introduce yourself to Chelsea on your way out. And now I'd like to ask everyone to register their attendance. And so if you're here in the sanctuary, please grab those blue attendance pads that are at the end of your row. And Take a moment, fill it out with your contact information. And if you are worshiping with us remotely, you can write your name in the comments section. Tell us where you are this morning. And while you're there, if you'd like to, you can click on a link which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin so you can follow along with the service order. A couple of events that are upcoming following our worship service today in the gathering place. Our environmental subcommittee will be hosting a table where they are going to share back as part of our serve and grow series with anyone in the congregation of their mission and their calling as they uh, seek to create some awareness about taking care of God's creation, uh, both for this congregation and also for our community. You won't want to miss that table in uh, the gathering space following worship today. And then, of course, at 3 o'clock, Dr. Becky, Sasha, and friends will all be with us for the annual Naples UCC Christmas concert. And Pastor Angela, I hear there's going to be a visitor from the North Pole. I have heard we'll have a very special guest who is in Naples on vacation, taking a rest until enjoying the good weather before he finishes his last-minute Christmas preparations. So do join us at 3 o'clock for that in the sanctuary. It's going to be beautiful music and a wonderful way to get us in the holiday spirit. Um, Also, I want to remind you that tomorrow is the deadline for ordering poinsettias. So if you want to make a contribution and help beautify our chancel for the next two Sundays, you can contribute to the Christmas flower offering. There are order forms in the narthex. They look like this. And you can make a gift of your choosing, and it can be in honor or in memory of someone. And then the names will be printed in the bulletin next week and on Christmas Eve. So if you want to participate in our poinsettia, um, flower offering, please again fill out these forms and make your gift to the church office by tomorrow. Another announcement we want to make you aware of is an event coming up this Wednesday. It's the third of our Advent midweek meditations. They're each Wednesday in Advent at noon here in the sanctuary. But 
Not that any are more special than any others, but we do think that this week's service will be especially significant because we have invited um, Rabbi Adam Miller to offer the meditation. He's the senior rabbi at Temple Shalom here in Naples. Now, Pastor Mark invited him to come months and months and months ago, way before the violence broke out in the Middle East, but now it feels especially more relevant to welcome Adam and hear his important words. He will be talking about what the Jewish community needs from their Christian neighbors in the December time of year. We know that Christmas sort of is everywhere, and that can be really hard for those who are not Christian and don't celebrate Christmas. So please uh, come on Wednesday at noon to hear Adam, and of course, we will have beautiful music as well. Absolutely, and given the events of our world, even this past week, I couldn't imagine a program more timely and relevant for all of us. And then finally, on Wednesday evening is the all-church Christmas dinner. Uh, Many thanks to all who have RSVP'd. And if you're planning on attending the dinner this coming Wednesday, the deadline for sharing your RSVP is today. There's a little bit more information about the Christmas dinner in our bulletins. And if the cost of the dinner is prohibitive for you, uh, kindly just share something with uh, myself or with Pastor Angela at the door because we want to make sure that Uh, all can participate in the Christmas dinner this coming Wednesday evening. Let us prepare now our hearts and minds for worship. I invite you to join me in our prayer of invocation, which is printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. God of promise, you have given us a sign of your love through the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who was promised from ages past. We believe, as Joseph and Mary did, the message of your presence whispered by an angel and offer our prayers for your world, confident of your care and mercy for all your children. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for the messengers in our lives. Thank you for the people who deliver messages of warning, of encouragement, of love and support. Thank you for those who challenge us to be better versions of ourselves by holding us to a higher standard. Thank you for the messengers who make us laugh and help us find joy. Thank you for the long-term relationships, for the messengers who have stuck with us through thick and through thin, the people who love us at our best and at our worst. Thank you for the fleeting encounters which help us restore our faith in humanity, those brief moments that make our mouths crease into a smile. And thank you, O God, for the messengers who help us to dream big, to see the possibilities, to imagine a world beyond our lived reality. Thank you for the eternal optimists, the hopeful ones who remind us that we can get there, even if the goalposts are beyond the horizon. This Advent season, we are reminded that nothing is impossible with you. You appear in the most unexpected places, in the most unexpected people. Nobody would have expected Mary or the shepherds to be recipients of your good news, and yet those are the ones you appeared to. 
Give us the faith to keep our minds and our hearts open to the impossible so that we don't diminish your awesome power. You are a God who works miracles, who changes hearts, who ends wars, who heals relationships. We pray that in all the war-torn nations around the world, especially in Israel and Palestine, that you would soften the hearts of the leaders of those nations so that they could find a path towards peace. Where there is hate, give us the faith to sow seeds of love. Where there is despair, give us the faith to sow seeds of hope. This morning we pray especially for those who are struggling in our midst, for those who are grieving a loss, for those living with a chronic health condition or who are worried about a loved one, for those who are trying to stay sober or who are worried about their finances, For those who live with depression or other mental health concerns, we keep all of them in our hearts this day. God of the impossible, remind us that your light pierces even the darkest nights. We lift up all of these prayers and those on our hearts in the name of your Son, our brother, Jesus, the risen Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. And if you'd like to follow along in your bulletins, you're welcome to do so as the text is printed in them. Hear these words. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now 
your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. May God bless our modern hearing of these ancient words. I have someone in my extended family whom I love dearly, but she has a personal quirk about her that drives me bonkers. When going to a restaurant, she has absolutely no inhibitions about ordering something that is not on the menu. She will mix and match sides, asking if there are sides that are not on the menu. She'll take a dish where something is baked and ask if it can be grilled. Or sometimes her request is completely out of the box. There will be chicken, steak, and shrimp on the menu, and she will turn to the waiter or waitress and say, Do you happen to have any grouper? drives me bonkers ordering what is not on the menu. Why does that drive me nuts? Because I'm a menu person. I like what is possible on two pieces of laminated paper. I like to know what is possible and to stick to it. And my sense is, after walking back into the Christmas story a little bit this week, that Mary may very well been a menu person as well. For in considering her conversation with the angel Gabriel, I do wonder if there was a little bit of reluctance about what was going on in her life that was far beyond what, you know, made the list. You'll recall the story, once upon a time, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and Joseph and said, Mary and Joseph, do not be afraid. Uh, God has found favor upon you. You will have a child and you will name him uh, Jesus. And uh, Mary's response really is, is quite raw and human. She says, how will this be? At which point the angel Gabriel shares back, nothing is impossible with God. And you do wonder if you could translate Mary's uh, conversation back with the angel Gabriel from New Testament Greek into everyday vernacular. Gabriel, this ain't on the menu. For Mary really and truly in that moment has to acknowledge and honor something that is well beyond what is rational, well beyond what she is thinking, well beyond what she conceives to be possible. But in that moment, she's told that with God, nothing is impossible, which perhaps begs the question of all of us who are challenged by this text that does bring hope, but it's very, very hard on all of us menu people. And that question is, do you have anything impossible in your life right now? I mean, perhaps it's your health or the health of someone you love. You just say, this is impossible. How will this be? Or there's a great big problem. You just say, this is impossible. How will this be? Or, or there's grief in your life and you say, this is just going to be impossible to get through. How will this be? You got anything impossible in your life? 
For sometimes when challenges arise in our lives, we make them to be uh, intractable, impossible, unless, unless, of course, Gabriel's words are true, that nothing is impossible with God. A couple of weeks ago, I was reading my Advent devotional, and the author of this devotional brought forth a rather interesting point. She shared back that Jesus, later in his life, in Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 19, verse 38, Jesus would go on to actually echo the words of the angel Gabriel. He shares back with the disciples in the crowds that with God, nothing is impossible. And the writer of this devotional, she sort of stepped on my feet a little bit. She said, when was the last time you prayed a prayer with that in mind? When was the last time she wrote that you prayed a prayer, uh, considering the words perhaps of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3.20, that God can do immeasurably more than we can even imagine? When was the last time you offered up a prayer about something and it was not on the menu? And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about what hope do I have if my God is too small and is just contained by the menu that I create for God? For it often gets said that the amount of hope that we have, the amount of strength that we have up against any problem in our life is really consistent with the size of the God in whom we believe. If we believe in a God that is confined by our menu, then what hope do we have in the face of life's problems? If we believe in a God that is confined by what the world tells us is possible, what hope do we have up against the big stuff that we've been reading about in the newspapers of late? But if... If we accommodate the words of the angel Gabriel, if we're willing to say maybe, just maybe, God's bigger than that, then what hope do we have? A lot. A lot. Therein lies the encouragement of the angel Gabriel and all of the global angel mission squad to encourage us this time of year not to be restrained by what we believe to be possible on our menu, nor to be restrained by what the world tells us is possible. Instead, we open our hearts to the fact that maybe, just maybe, nothing is impossible with God. I'll close with a story that I considered this past week. On last Saturday, I shared a little bit of uh, a meeting with our church council here at Naples UCC. It was a retreat meeting and a planning session for 2024. And during that meeting, I remembered a church council retreat from a previous church. It was almost 12, 13 years ago. And in that retreat, there was an outside consultant that had come in and was getting everybody to dream and brainstorm. And there had been a book that had been recently published. It was a business book. And if you've been in the business world, you'll probably remember this book uh, by Jim Collins, who's done a lot of business research. And the book was entitled Good to Great. It was all about how companies move from being good to being great or what distinguishes CEOs from being good CEOs and being great CEOs. And he compiles a bunch of research together and then he offers up these principles about how to be a great organization. 
And as part of this book, he mentions an acronym that he invented, BHAGs. That wonderful organizations, great organizations, have big, hairy, audacious goals. And so this church consulted in applying all of this business stuff to the life of the church, asked all of the chairs of the committee, what are your dreams? What are your big, hairy, audacious goals for your committee? And folks were sharing. And then he got to an older woman. She was about 80 years old. Her name was Frances. And she had been through a lot in her life, and she was the chair of a fellowship uh, group. And uh, she had uh, endured grief two times over, had uh, a personal battle with a, with a health uh, challenge. And she was very funny, but she was also a very beautifully spiritual kind of person. And, you know, she just sort of put her paper down, and she looked back at the consultant, and she said, you know, there is only one thing more important at this church than setting a big carry audacious goals. And what's that? Asked the consultant. And she shared back, I've learned over the course of my lifetime, it is to always remember that I worship a big, hairy, audacious God. (laughs) What if, what if nothing is impossible with God? I mean, it really is wise To put our trust in a God that big. Because 15 days from now, God will do something so wondrous that you might even say it's not on the menu. Following our postlude, I hope that you'll take a few moments to warmly welcome our newest members who will be in the narthex with uh, Pastor Angela and I. And as you go from this place, go restrained not by what you believe to be possible, nor restrained by what the world tells you is possible. Rather, go opening your heart to that which may be impossible, possible only with the work of God. Go in peace.